Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Houdat Jedi Podcast. This is episode 184, and my name's Aaron, and with me as always is Dave and Fredo, the other members of the Houdat Jedi Council. How are we doing, guys? Good. Doing okay. And warmer now, although yeah. we'll get colder again. <laughs> everybody, hope everybody in the New Orleans area had a tauntaun to slice open and crawl inside because it was cold a couple days, and it was nice today, gray. But it was nice and got some rain and it's going to get cold again. So, um, but hey, yeah, it's look, it's looking like Chewbacca's uh, Saturday is going to be probably in the upper 20s for when they start rolling. So if you guys are headed out there, just bundle up and, and bring some whiskey. Uh, <clears throat> pardon me. And uh, so, yeah, that's what I was saying. We're at least one day closer to, you know, Mardi Gras. So, um yeah, I guess uh, we were just talking before we hit record here that, uh, I mean, usually we talk about Saints stuff and, you know, the big news. And the big news is that, you know, Bill Belichick has had a couple interviews with the dreaded Falcons. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's funny because, Fredo, you asked, you know, how we feel about that. And, you know, my wife sent a, a, sent a text to my sister and I. Um, saying that, that Bill Belichick had a second interview. And I was like, we've beaten Bill Belichick before. And let's be mm-hmm. honest, the Patriots have sucked since they got rid of Tom Brady, and the Falcons really don't have a quarterback. So as of right now, they can hire Bill Belichick. I don't care. <clears throat> it's, you know, proof is in the pudding. Better than Jim Harbaugh, I'll say that. You know, the question for me keeps being like, is Belichick to the Falcons more like, say, Bill Parcells to the Cowboys or Jimmy Johnson to the Dolphins, or is it more like Mike Ditka to the Saints, which, for those of you who are not Saints fans, was an unmitigated disaster? Because that's, that's the other thing. It's, you know, everybody always says, don't be the the coach that follows the legend. You don't want to be the guy after the guy, you know, because that's always like a poison chalice kind of situation. But on the other hand, if you're the next job of that former legendary coach, you know, it's like not even 50, 50 of the, and you're, you know, the odds are in your favor for it working out because you come to find out rather quickly that that dynamic and that environment with a coach, where, I mean, off the top of my head, the only coach that really I can think of that we worked out was Phil Jackson, who went from, you know, winning six titles in Chicago to winning four titles in LA, but that's because he had generational talent with him. That, that's really the odds that you're trying to beat most most head coaches when they go to the next job. At best, you're just playoffs and kind of trying to make it do. So, I mean, if they hire him, that's a luck. Yeah, the alchemy changes. You go to a different place, you get a different GM, you got a different owner, you got different <laughs> assistant coaches, you get different players. I mean, all of the, the chemistry is different. So then the idea of what is the locker room – look like what what's the you know tenor in the locker room and and you can't just flip a switch and make that the way you want it to be um and so that's why there's so many examples of you you listed off a bunch of you know the jimmy johnson bill parcells you know as well as well as those have all worked out they've they've not gone on to win championships um and uh like Pete Carroll's an exception, I guess. Like that's one, and he's a he's a big, uh, 
locker room guy to begin with, right? He's a player's coach kind of guy. Um, so, you, I mean, you can see why. I, I think when, when a guy's, like, focused on that, and Belichick's really more of an X's and O's guy. Um, so, I don't know. Well, here's, I mean, my, here's my thing. <clears throat> Uh, the Saints need to worry about ourselves. You know, it's like being, it's like being a, a B student and getting mad because you know the smart kid transferred into your class and is blowing the bell curve. You know, it's like how about you study harder? You know, how about you worry? How about you get your homework done? How about you do better on tests and quit worrying about? <clears throat> pardon me. Um, you know, quit worrying about. Like I said, the honors student who came in and is messing things like up the bell curve, right. so yeah like i said so anyway we, we have to worry about ourselves so like i said we've beaten bill belichick before i i think the falcons are a little bit more broken than a head coach i think there's something going but who knows it's it's not my you know but like i said it was uh i don't know not i'm it'll not be interesting yeah yeah it'll be interesting <clears throat> yeah it'll be interesting to see because you know, uh, just right quickly as it pertains to the Saints, they're making a serious commitment. And we saw yesterday with Mickey Loomis coming out, they are making a serious commitment to Dennis Allen. So they're going to know. I'm not necessarily saying that I'm going to blow up in their face. I'm saying, given the, I don't think you've ever had as much head coaching talent available out there. And the Saints are saying, no, we are good with the guy we got, which is, Somewhat surprising, but also it speaks to what they believe they got in them, and the proof will be in the pudding next year. And that, that's just it. It's you know, you win, everybody will be happy and say, Wow, we, winning we solves everything. And, yes, winning solves and, everything. And losing is a, and losing creates a whole slew of problems. So, yeah, and we'll kind of be talking about that tonight in like with Star Wars as we start talking about um, their plans for new movies um we kind of had a um little offline discussion you know that uh, we'll dive into here uh we all have some thoughts and feelings but uh anyway um uh, well let's get started with some trivia get into star wars uh mindset um and let's see here fred i'm gonna start with you what becomes Owen Lars' property once he says, what about that blue one? We'll take that one. Mm, what becomes go. Owen mm. Lars' property once he says, you know, the, the host has to say it twice mm. for dramatic effect. What becomes Owen Lars' property once he says, what about that blue one? We'll take that one. I'm going to go with, I mean, the easy answer is R2-D2. But it's an astromech droid, so R2. It's R2-D2, yeah. Um, All right, Dave, to you. Who says of Luke, quote, all his life has he looked away to the future, to the horizon? Who says of Luke, all his life has he looked away to the future, to the horizon? Yoda. That is Yoda. And that's actually, you know, the end of... uh, you know, Luke's death scene in The Last Jedi, not only was it a, you know, a callback to the twin sons in A New Hope, but I, I thought that's, that was, I thought of that line from Yoda, you know, at that point too. So that was kind of cool. The more I think about it, the more I like that movie. Anyway, 
All right, for me, who fires a blaster bolt into the Sarlacc's tentacle? Glad I pronounced that correctly. Who fires a blaster bolt into the Sarlacc's tentacle? That would be Han Solo. It is. We're three for three, guys. Was that a Better Off Dead reference? (laughs) It was. (laughs) (laughs) Tentacle. N-T. Tentacle. That movie is awesome. And uh, it was, I was in a meeting a couple weeks ago and somebody made a better off dead reference and I was the only one who got it. And so then he and I just started in the chat riffing better off dead stuff, you know, so, so <laughs> um, I want my $2. You know what the street value of this mountain is? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. It, yeah. Anyway, we'll have to have a better off dead watch party. Let's get into some news here. Fredo, over to you, my friend. All right, let's start with the news that are news and uh, that are easy to digest first. Uh, first and first, congratulations to Dave Filoni. Uh, he is going to be honored at the upcoming 51st annual Saturn Awards, which, for those of you who don't know, Saturn Awards are uh, science fiction fantasy awards. They honor the best science fiction fantasy books media, etc. He's going to be receiving their um, George Pal Award. Uh, uh, for those of you who don't know, George Pal was the filmmaker who made War of the Worlds, The Time Machine. So it's presented on rare occasions to a filmmaker who embodies a sense of wonder, imagination, and mastery of the fantastic in cinematic storytelling. So he'll be getting that uh, in a couple of weeks on February 4th. So congrats to Dave. That's that's interesting. <clears throat> Are we linking his Clone Wars work into that? Do we think is that is that, cin- is that cinematic mastery? I'm just yes, it includes even bit. season one of Clone Wars, even season one of Clone Wars. No, I'm just I'm just saying. I, I mean, it, I'm I'm, I'm kind of like I said stirring the pot a little bit here, but it's in, I mean, would like I said would we consider a an animated series that was on you know whatever cartoon network for for years would we consider that cinematic i don't know i, um, I mean I'm, that, that seems that seems like a semantics issue I, may, I would say, maybe maybe i'm just i, I, I think it's kind of i think it's kind of funny when you said cinematic mastery that made me kind of go huh um i mean good on him that's awesome but it's uh and like i said the <clears throat> the clone war stuff looks great um so, oh. yeah, because I mean, we're talking Clone Wars, we're talking uh, Rebels, talking Mandalorian, Ahsoka, Bad Batch, Tales of the Jedi. So, all of that's on TV and/or streaming. It's not, you know, I think outside of the uh, the original the Clone Wars movie with the first three episodes, the first arc, uh, everything else has been on TV. That's the only thing that's been in a movie screen, on a movie screen. But yeah, so uh, at least it's he's it's getting recognized, which is awesome. And I love the fact that it's not an award they give out every year. It's just whenever they feel they found somebody who's worthy of it, they give it. So uh, that includes, by the way, you know who's the previous award winner of George Powell Award? Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> Talk about stirring the pot. Uh, so we move on right quick from that to another bit of actual hard news. So uh, earlier this week was the Emmys. Uh, congratulations to the all the people who won. Uh, unfortunately, 
Uh, Andor was nominated for eight Emmys, did not win a single one. It's kind of disappointing. But, yeah. But in the middle of all that, uh, they interviewed uh, Diego Luna, Variety did. And so I started asking about what's the progress on season two of Andor. And his quote is this, quote, <coughs> the good thing about Andor is we know it has an ending. Yeah, it's nice to work. It's nice to work knowing there's an ending. You can aim for something. And then he says, well, how much more you got to go on? And he says, well, once I get back here, the, the Emmys were Monday, I have seven days left of shooting. So for us, Diego Luna, Andor, the title guy, he's got it less than a week to go before his principal photography is done. Yeah, they, were, they were pretty far down the road when the, when the strike hit. Um, I know they mm -hmm. were already shooting, so... Um, that will be an interesting book to read. And I put book in, you know, quotation marks to just to find out how the strike did affect a lot of things. Um, cause I find it really interesting on podcasts that I'm listening to. It's like, um, Dagobah dispatch, uh, they last week had an interview with Rosario Dawson. They could finally talk to her about Ahsoka this week. It's, uh, <clears throat> Natasha Leo. Uh, blah, 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 her last name Bordozo, Bordo, but anyway, Natasha Leo Bordizo. Bordizo, yeah, she played you know Sabine and talking to her. Um, so like I said, but nobody's nobody's talking about how it, uh, you know, it uh, affected things. We haven't heard it from anybody who's affected. You know, they're midway through filming stuff, and then how this all threw it off. I'm not saying that the strike was a bad thing. I'm not saying that at all. But I just think it's I, it just I, I like knowing how things work and what, you know. Yeah, I think there's a <clears throat> excuse me. I think there is a um, sensitivity that goes into those conversations um, from a reporter's perspective. Right. If you're like uh, these people's livelihoods were affected, they were probably some people were probably having trouble making rent and things of that nature, you know, so yeah, nobody's going to come up and say, how was unemployment, Aaron? You know, <clears throat> you know, like, what was it like? <clears throat> what was the pause like, you know, like, you know, like getting down in some of the nitty nitty gritty details of it. Um, we may not see for a while um, because it's still very fresh for a lot of people. Um, and I think people are going to want to be sensitive to that, but but yeah, no, I'm kind of with you. It's it's an interesting thing, just intellectually to think about. Like, how how would that pause affect things? You know, it's like when when the writers go on strike, can they still shoot, and vice versa, and and, and how difficult are those uh, are those things? So I don't know. Um, I'm with you on that, but I also know why we probably won't get a lot of information. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's kind of, you know, the difficulty on the one hand, you may want to be honest and upfront about a lot of that stuff, but then there's the natural inclination to just move on and just uh, kind of leave that in the background or, or behind because, hey, we're on to the next thing. And, you know, particularly in a world like Hollywood, nobody focuses on, everybody's always focusing on the next thing. What's coming up next? What What's my next project? What am I working on? Because they all live kind of, well, and I'm making the, the, the correlation to sharks, not in terms of that they eat one another, but more that they have to keep moving. Otherwise they drown. Well, and, and it's there, there's probably also a lot of, <clears throat> pardon me, man, Dave and I are like both hacking up dinner tonight. Sorry, everybody. Um, but um, no, I think there's a lot of, there are probably a lot of strained relationships. I mean, that you just, you know, don't want to 
that are that are mending that you don't want you know working relationships it would probably be very very awkward i've never i've never been on strike before but i would think it would be very awkward to then go back to work with my boss you know it's like thinking man is he is he he or she ticked at me you know so i think there would be probably some of that where it's just like yeah let's not as a reporter just yet let's not talk about it right now just so that you know you don't want to well, some reporters probably do want somebody to say the wrong thing so that there's a kerfuffle. But, you know, I just I just think it'd be interesting just like see how the, you know, the gears and the cogs and you know everything work. So but I'm mm-hmm. weird like mm-hmm. that. So anyway, <clears throat> but yeah, it's seven, seven. So that means we're probably, you know, uh, what it, they said it's going to be in 2025 anyway, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, of course, yeah, of course, Diego Luna being done doesn't mean principal photography is done. You and you could always have reshoots and whatnot. And plus, they have to do all the post-production, special effects, music, etc. Yeah, it's 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 kind of a big mile marker on the development of the season because, I mean, it's interesting. We we know in the back of our heads that this is the season that will link season one with Rogue One. We know where this is supposed to connect. So. It's going to be an interesting kind of thing to be looking forward to as that season two progresses. See, where's that connection point so, going to happen? All right. Flow it's, from season two to one. It's very interesting that you say that because um, <clears throat> that is not always an easy, that's not always an easy thing to do as it might seem. Because, like, I remember when I would write Marching Band Drill, usually I would start page one and progress. You know, I had mapped out how the the formation should fit with the music and stuff like that but there was a rare occasion where it's like at this point in the music i want to have this form and so then you start kind of kind of reverse engineering in a way or you everything's working up to that form so some of like so if you're going from page one to page six and you know what you want page six to be. Sometimes page three and four and five can look a little bit like a mess so that you get the hit that you want. You know what I mean? That's that's the thing that I'm kind of worried about with this. That, yeah, it needs to connect with Rogue One. But <clears throat> how? what's the continuity going to be like? That's because I just know. And it's not that I'm, I think they're going to get it wrong. It's not that. But that's just something to be watching for. You know, it's like um, just, again, see how those things are made. But. So I think as, as cool as that is, it makes it a little bit difficult. So anyway, we don't have to. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, let's move from the more solid bit of news to a bit more speculation. Rumors came out this week that Disney is reportedly developing a version of what if for Star Wars. This is rumor, everybody. uh, Rumor. Yeah. 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 Nothing's been confirmed. Nothing's been announced. But ideally, much the same way as Disney Plus has Marvel's What If, which is you know, the idea of, okay, what if uh, T'Challa became Star-Lord? What if, you know, Peggy, Peggy Carter became Cap- no, Captain Carter instead of Captain America becoming Captain America? Well, they're going to take that concept and bring it into Star Wars, which creates some interesting ideas. Obviously, it'll be animated. I don't imagine it'll be live action, but uh, what if stuff like What If Qui-Gon lives? How would Anakin have turned out? What 
know, one of the, well, the okay. um, <clears throat> so, et cetera. So you can go up the rabbit down rabbit hole. Well, I wanted, I wanted to have a little thought experiment here because as I was thinking about this, I was like, because the whole idea of what if is like, you know, if that domino doesn't fall and this one does, <clears throat> what's what's what are the effects? And so in the existing Star Wars story, what are those key dominoes? You know, and is there anything that just brings chaos? It's like, <clears throat> it's like, well, I guess, what if Luke and Leia weren't brother and sister? I don't know. <laughs> but, but no, you know, seriously, though, what, what are the ones that you think would be like an interesting, like, oh, if it doesn't go that way and goes this way, whole new story. One of the very first ones that springs to mind for me is uh, Qui-Gon not dying at the end of Phantom Menace. Um, Because that was sort of positioned as what brought Obi-Wan and Anakin together and sent Anakin down the wrong path, ultimately. And I don't know, I kind of have a feeling that it wouldn't be so cut and dried and there would be a lot of fertile ground. You know, I think they kind of, I mean, I think Dooku was right. I have a feeling that Qui-Gon might have been the one to lead Anakin down that they may have left the Jedi order together with all the strength. But that is an interesting one. I didn't, hadn't thought about that one. I mean, for example, what, what if Obi-Wan had to leave Dooku in attack of the clones about Sidious had not rejected his offer to help him to throw him, you know, help him uh, depose uh, the dark Lord that he's hinting about. Because you know, obviously Obi-Wan rejects it outright because he sees Dooku as a traitor and a separatist, et cetera. But it creates a, you know, that's that's the kind those are the kinds of ideas. I mean, you know, you you end up going down rabbit holes about, well, what if would have happened if this or what would have happened if that? What, what if they pick a different pilot at the cantina? What if it's not on and chewy? I will say that I really, I really hope this isn't something because with Marvel it makes sense because they're they're, they're all in on this multiverse thing. And, and and Star Wars is not, you know, it's like, it would be, I don't know, I don't know. it would, it would just be kind of like, uh, I just don't have a good, it just wouldn't work. I don't think, I don't, I don't, Dave, what do you, what do you, what do you think? You kind of have an interesting look on your face. I mean, am I, am I right on that? That, I mean, this is, seems to be Marvel's thing. I don't think it, it's more of a square peg round hole for Star Wars. In, in one respect, yes, um, because I'm, I'm like utterly amused at this thought experiment because um, we all have seen the Star Wars meme where if something goes a different way and credits. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> written by George Lucas. <laughs> you know, it, there's so many examples of that. And so like when you're sitting here and you're thinking about like, oh, well, you know, what if they'd confronted Sidious in a different way? you know it like there'd be a lot of happy endings uh achieved much more quickly in star wars i think um so in that sense yeah it's it's an awkward fit but i i still think there's just a lot of really interesting stuff they could do with it and you know you put a different a slightly different packaging on it call it something else and um i think it could work i think it'd be fun yeah, you know, I suppose another idea is um, what if Anakin was never freed? 
if Qui-Gon mm-hmm. just said, all right, hey, I, I got the parts for my ship. See ya. And Anakin's left on Tatooine. Yeah, no, that's, just... that, that's, a, that's a huge domino. Um, but, but also, and I was just thinking about this as, uh, as you guys are talking. Uh, this would be an excellent way for Star Wars to bring in a lot of that Legends content and mine it and, and animate it and put it up for people to see. Because obviously that's not, you know, that's not the continuity we're in. Disney has gone a different direction. But you still have all those old books and old novels. So you could have, you know, what if, say, you know, like do the Thrawn trilogy, so to speak, you know, and put it up on a screen and show it to people and finally give it to them without the conceit of, well, we're now retconning and going away from everything we know about Thrawn and Rebels and everything else. It's a good way to do that. You know, we we said this is a rumor, and I still Mm -hmm. firmly believe, you know, tinfoil hat here. I still firmly believe that it's like maybe this is being kicked around. If if this is not being kicked around in a pitch meeting somewhere, then they're not they're not doing their job. But it's like somebody's like, well, just go. My you know my buddy writes a blog. Let me just drop something and let's let's see what kind of traction it gets. You know what I mean? It's like politicians do it all the time. Drop stuff to reporters just to kind of take the temperature, and then it's like, oops, never mind. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know people listening. Would you, would, would this be something you'd want to see in star Wars? You know, I think it's not at the top of my list. There's other, you know, if I had, if I had to do a laundry list, I, like I said, I think that that time of Anakin between Phantom Menace and attack of the clones, I think that would be interesting. I think it would be interesting to do a series. You could do an animated series on any of the, from a certain point of view, you know, books. I think that would be interesting. Um, that'd be, I mean, those are cool stories to, to get into. Um, but the, what if, I don't know, Dave, I think you're right though. It's like too many of them just like, you know, it's just, you get to the credits right away. It's like, <laughs> you know, well, and for a, a shorter series in 20 minutes, uh, series, <laughs> You get to the end super quick. That's not the worst thing, right? Um, I will say, related to this, we just started watching Marvel's second season of What If, and that first episode was a slog to get through with Nebula being in the uh, um, Nova Corps. It was just kind of, Brittany and I, I said, I turned to her and I said, the best part about this so far is that Howard the Duck is in it. (laughs) Otherwise, it was just kind of a slog. I don't know. Season one seemed to be much more... And I've got to get more episodes in, but anyway. Yeah, Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, and that's the difficulty with the what if concept. Sometimes the idea is great, but it doesn't quite land. And sometimes you don't know if it works and then you put it on screen and it just, it's perfect. So it's slightly more cohesive than season one. Um, if that appeals now you didn't like episode one. So like (laughs) it got, it got better. I'll say it got better, but it was like, it was just a slog to get through. Um, Um, There are a few episodes that really tie in well with each other. Um, They did that in season one, but it was a little clunkier Um, season two. I think they, they tell these interlocking stories a little bit better. Um, And you end up in an interesting place by the end of it. Um, and I was all, I would also say too, um, 
since we're off topic, that uh, Echo, I really enjoyed a lot. Have not watched any of that yet, so don't. uh, But but people are all upset because, you know, now there's a, was it female Native American uh, amputee Mm -hmm. protagonist or whatever. So Who's deaf. Yeah. Yeah. So, but she's not, never mind the fact she's been around for over twenty years. Right. Yeah. That's that's what we were yeah. talking about too. So, um, and that she and that she was the character we saw in that season of uh, Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Yeah. You know, like like previously established. Here. Yeah. But, so, Fredo, anyway. tell us about other ways that the internet has messed with us this week. Okay. Let, let's let's dive into the dumpster uh, a little bit here. So. Uh, well, this earlier, next one's kind of linked to our topic, main topic. But anyway, keep going. Yeah. So yeah. So Monday during uh, Martin Luther King Day, uh, we get a link to a story that's going to run for mine saying, and I'll just go from the website that we got the link to is World of Real. But uh, it says upcoming race Star Wars movie delayed indefinitely. So the rumor is. There were created differences between screenwriter Stephen Knight and Lucasfilm, and the person writing those blogs post says that an original draft had been written for the film, but Lucasfilm had given him so many notes that he had to start from scratch. And for those of you who don't know, Stephen Knight's already a writer and producer. He created the, the BBC show Peaky Blinders, which I don't know if you guys have ever seen. It's it's memeable forever all throughout the internet. It's where uh, Killian Murphy really became a lead star or whatever. So there's always been a rumor that he wants to make a movie of Peaky Blinders. So apparently he's supposed to go to production in the fall and he's just done with Lucasfilm. So obviously attached to that, the issues there with Damon Lindelof and Justin Brick Gibson in working on the script for this movie, the Ray Skywalker movie. So the rumor was, okay, between that and the announcement that we got the last week about the Mandalorian Grogu movie, this is because the Ray Skywalker movie is getting shelled. They don't know what they're going to do with it. Well, a day later. Well, let me say, let me say, before you get to a day later, yeah. I will say that that first report made total sense. I mean, it, and it's, it, I, I asked you guys the question or I posed the comments mm-hmm. like, you know, so you you hire you hire somebody to design and build your house are they building the house that you want or are they building the house and designing the house that they want now some people would say if dave's the architect and contractor dave i trust you do your thing but most of us would be like this is my house. You come up with your ideas and I'll tell you what I like and don't like. And, you know, you can either take my money and build the house that I want or, you know, I'll find another contractor. So that is the question with all these things that have happened, you know, and if, or if let's just say just if Lucasfilm hires somebody to make the next star Wars movie, is it, I'm hiring you to write the write and make the Star Wars movie that you want to make, or you're making our Star Wars movie, and we're going to tell you what we like and don't like, and we're going to give you notes. And so if if a if a writer then decides, well, nuts to this, 
I'm out. I mean, then I, I understand that, you know, I can't work that way. I understand that. Um, but you know, and, and this is, of course we grew up, there was one person, it was, it was really Kasdan and Lucas writing the story growing up for us, you know, one through, you know, one through, uh, six. So the sequel trilogy is where it got hairy because we start not just hiring people to direct, but hiring people to write. I don't know. Well, I'll let, uh, Fredo refute the, uh, report. Okay. So, uh, right quick, uh, yes, the next day, uh, Lucasfilm came out immediately and let everybody know every, the reporters who are linked to them know. No, you can throw that in. As, as Chris Moda put it, you can throw take that rumor and throw it in the in the Sarlacc pit. The source of the company told IO9 that it's inaccurate. Knight continues to write and be a part of the process. The actual waiting on this latest draft. There's no link between the Mandalorian and Grogu and the new Jedi Order and the Ray movie that's being developed. Uh, that doesn't say that yeah. he didn't get a lot of notes and got mad because they're ruining his story. Right. That just says he's still yes. he's still a part of the process. That's inter- that's an right. interesting turn of phrase there. Sorry, go ahead. Keep going. I, I, yeah, no, 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 absolutely, absolutely. And and the other thing is, there are still two Star Wars movies on Disney's schedule for 2026. One in May of 2026 for Memorial Day weekend, and one for December. So we can you know you can surmise that maybe those are two movies that are expected to come out. But that's basically Lucasfilm come out and nearly shut that down and say no, it's all. Everything's working towards pre-production or towards production of the movie sometime later this year. So, you know, everything's going fine. Dave? If the other movie is first in line, and I think all report reporting now says that it is, then they have six months-ish to play around with the script if they want to, if they think there are issues. Um, so... You know, like I, when Daisy was doing the press on this, she she said it's caught her by surprise. Basically, the the story um, that it wasn't what she expected. That's true. And um, and so again, diplomatic turn of phrase that could mean a couple of different things. Yeah, that's not mean, saying wow, this is awesome. That's saying well, yeah. this is different. You know, it's like you yeah. know, e- eating somebody's food that they made for you. It's like well, this is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> keep going uh, so it, it is um we're we're in the position of not knowing if that means that it needed a little more work or if it was an exciting change and we should be disappointed or scared that they're, they're that they're changing it too much to make it too conventional um you know time will tell because like the the way the sausage gets made eventually we've begin to find out some of the details after the fact especially if the movie underperforms in any way um then you're going to hear everybody pointing fingers at everyone else so um you know we'll be we'll be patient with it to find out what what we need to find out or what we want to find out but for now in and of itself it's it's fine it's i'd rather they have more time to work out story kinks than than not um so good on them if they if they think there are any issues and and good on them that they're working together right now you know that story could change again in a couple days and 
oh, by the way, this writer, he's no longer on the project and we've moved on to so-and-so. Um, that happens a lot too. I'm not ruling that out, but. Um, However, if you put it with, like I said, what we talked about last week, it's like what came out of nowhere and maybe we can start moving into the first main topic and that what came out of nowhere last week was the Mandalorian and Grogu movie. Yeah. That wasn't announced at wherever celebration or D23 or wherever they announced, you know, the movies it was, well, maybe kind of, but they, they said Dave Filoni's, you know, culmination of the Mandoverse stuff, but this Mandalorian and Grogu movie is not that by their own admission. So that's what's kind of interesting that if, if it was just alone, if, if either one of these was just in a vacuum, then nothing smells funny, you know, but the fact that it's like, you know, Hey, we got this new Mandalorian and Grogu movie. Oh, cool. And then something drops, you know, a couple of days later of there's problems writing the script for the Ray Skywalker movie. You know what I mean? It's just, it's yeah. weird. It's, it's just, it's just weird. So, um, I don't think it's a coincidence either. I, I do think that it was timed the way that it was for a reason. Um, but that doesn't mean that what we have, as far as the information that we have right now, that doesn't mean that it's inaccurate either. Yeah. Um, it, you know, that they may have liked this Grogu movie for a while now. They may be all in and ready to, for that to be the you know, all engines go. We're ready. This is good. We're ready to do it. I would not. All of that. All of that can be true. At the same time, they're doing some rewrites on yeah. the other one. I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised. I it, again, it'll be interesting to see what what's written about all this. But um, because we knew season four, you said Favreau had all the scripts, you know, ready to go and everything. I would not be a bit surprised if Bob Iger is not directly involved in this and saying, you know, I don't want any more Disney plus stuff. We need to get something into the theater. And so take this season four stuff and, and can you make it into a movie? I would not be a bit surprised if it's Bob Iger doing this because Disney hasn't had really that I mean, they're, they've been, he, he doesn't want Disney plus all that much. That was a Chapek thing, you know, he, he doesn't. And it, this is part of the old Hollywood, meaning the Hollywood he wasn't a part of. We tend to forget. I mean, we're, we're so ingrained now with streaming services. We streaming services are a new thing. They're, they're less than a decade old. Netflix as a streaming model kids. Uncle Fredo's going to tell you that Netflix used to be a DVD delivery service. They'll <laughs> mail you a movie. You get a physical movie in your mailbox that you put on a player that something else plugged to your TV so you can watch a movie that then you send back to them so it's in your different one. So it wasn't even a, the streaming was a landing app thing that they eventually branched off into what it is today. And everybody's been chasing after it. All evidence to the contrary about making money. That said, I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree that maybe Bob Iger said, we need to get a movie. I, I know, like, you know, the last couple, you know, the last Disney movie was Wish, and it didn't necessarily make a ton of money. Uh, they're going heavy on a whole bunch of different stuff, but 
They, they haven't had a big old, oh my gosh, like a Frozen or even Encanto wasn't a hit in the theaters. Encanto was discovered on Disney Plus by audiences over the Christmas holidays back in 2020, 2020 you know, when it came out. Um, but to your point, Aaron, I think it's much easier for them to say, make the Mandalorian Grogu movie because all that's already set to, set up and ready to go. They have the cast, they have the sets, they have the people. You can build the, whatever actually they need, but you can just, you just, have, produ- you just have to production. Train, you just have to train right. the fat, yeah. Right, but but my point being the production elements of it, the cast, the crew, the uh, the, the special effects people, they're already bought in. They already got them. For the Ray Skywalker movie, on the other hand, you're still talking, you're still in the pre-production stage. At some point, somebody's got to take that script and turn it, visualize it, and then that visualization becomes sets and costumes and this and that. It takes time. So it's a lot easier. Maybe they go, let's buy ourselves a bit more time, knock something out that we know we got everything all set up and ready to go, and do that, and give ourselves more time for the next movie, because we definitely want to get that one right, which... To the point about the um, the notes and okay, the back and forth and the miswriters. You know what? I'd rather that. Yeah. I'd rather they work out and hone and get the story right, so we don't get the back and forth that we got between Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and Rise of Skywalker. So, uh, what will be interesting, also. <clears throat> all right. So let's. Yeah, okay. I, I would like to see what the budget is for this Mandalorian how it compares to the, the Disney Plus production of a season because that will that will speak volumes um, you know because we've really liked the special effects on the Mandalorian but there's been some times where it's been kind of eh, you know yeah okay you can tell this is a TV budget type of a deal even though it's it's larger than a you know typical TV budget um, but that will be interesting or will they try to do a movie with the same, um, you know, with the, with the same budget and the same, you know, everything, just a leaner story. I mean, when Mando season one premiered, that was one of the big selling points. Look at the volume, look at the special effects. They're getting movie quality special effects on a TV budget for a TV screen. When you take that and blow it up, is that going to hold up? Is that actually going to be true? Or are you going to have to go back and say, no, we need to make sure that this looks even better because this is going to be on a gigantic silver screen and every flaw becomes more obvious. Or if something's wonky, it's going to stick out like a sore thumb. I think one of the... Um, so I, I, I guess I've been a little negative about this because um, I'm not sure the concept flows as, as easily as they might think that it does in terms of like... We're, we're definitely going to just draw in the crowds right away because it's such a popular couple of characters. Well done, everyone. Let's, you know, buy ourselves a round of drinks. It's not that simple. Um, that being said, I think there's a lot of advantages to doing it this way. And, and you guys are outlining them, which, again, like the budget thing. Um, how likely is it if you've got... Um, the basically the creator of these characters the guy who knows the whole world inside out the guy who's written a lot of these stories and the guy who's used to directing live action at this point 
how likely is it that that guy is going to like go out and screw everything up and you're going to have to do, you know, reshoot the entire movie, like, which they've already been through, which, which is part of the reason that we haven't gotten any theatrical releases for the last four years in counting, by the way. Um, So like there's an argument to be made that, that the timing is correct and that people are like, Hey, it's, it's been about five years now. Shouldn't we get a movie? Yes. First of all, second of all, they're not going to, he, he's not going to screw it up. I mean, he's just not, it may, yeah, we're we're talking, we're talking John Favreau here who has a reputation that could be just scuttled if he releases a bad star Wars movie. I, you know, yes and no. Right. I mean, like this guy has done so much. Um, you think about the jungle book and iron man and all of these things where it's like, like really impressive stuff. Um, not just impressive Dave, but also those are two of the legs upon which a lot of modern Disney stands on. Iron Man kickstarts the MCU and his live action adaptation of jungle books. So it kickstarts all their live action readaptations of the classic movies. You know, that jungle book being so good and the hit, you don't get the Lion King. You don't get the Little Mermaid. You don't get Beauty and the Beast. You know where they're bringing back all their old animated classics and making them into live action. So John Favreau is responsible for those too. So and they, and he's in house. That's the other thing. He's right there. So come on, John, do it again. By the way, I'm putting <laughs> yeah. I'm putting my well, it's not a tinfoil hat on, but I've, I'm drawing some connections here. Um, again, in my Google News feed this morning. Um, there was a uh, an article about uh, a Disney Imagineer who's being um, honored by the Inventors Hall of Fame, I believe it is. And anyway, his latest invention that they say that he says they don't really have a direct purpose for it yet. But let me tell you what this is. It's called the hollow tile hollow tile floor, and it's basically all these little individual tiles that you can walk on and change direction in and it makes you feel like you're moving forward but you're actually walking in place or then you can turn and they'll and the tiles will turn and you can have multiple people on this tile floor doing their own going their own direction and stuff like this but in standing in place he said you know it could be in you know people could have like immersive vr um experiences and i'm just like going ding 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 you've got the volume and you've got this hollow tile floor. You're shooting a movie in like the smallest area possible. You know what I mean? You can have a stationary camera. And so that, so anyway, that's, I think that's kind of, I wonder if, you know, yeah, are we going to get a bigger budget? I would like to think that John Favreau would say, okay, I'm doing a movie for you. Sure. Okay. Then I need more money, you know, oh, or, yeah, he would. or is it, all right, let's use these new things and see what we can do. You know, can we get more for less? You know, there'll be a little bit of both in there. Um, and, and like, he's a guy that, like I said, he's done this. And, and he's well accomplished and this is really his forte um, more so than television in my opinion 
Um, he knows how to like Iron Man basically went into production without a script. <laughs> they just started making an Iron Man movie. Um, and, and, and so like, this is a guy that's like, all right, how do I get to an hour and a half ish, you know? And he can work that out on the fly. Like he can literally do that. So I'm not worried about him putting out a product that will, will just be that will work. Uh, for lack of a better term, because they're not going to, like I said, they don't want a solo repeat. Um, they don't want some big ballooning thing that somebody's ambition is like way out in front of um, what the budget says it should be. They're just going to want some somebody that can come in under budget and can deliver a product that people will like. And, and the bet, the wager is that these characters are popular enough to get people out into the theater. Well, and, and that goes to part of the reason why I think Mandalorian and Grogu being the first movie makes sense. People know Mando and Grogu. They know these characters. They've been watching them on their home for the last, what, 44 years? So they're aware of them in a way in which setting up a whole new trilogy with Rey whom they haven't seen since 2019, you know, and the world kind of changed in the interim, you know, it's going to be a whole new dynamic for her. Plus, in terms of cost, you know that, for example, that you're going to get Pedro Pascal uh, for doing voice acting. More than likely, you're going to get the two stunt actors who do the show in the suit. Most of the actors you're going to do pretty reasonable. So if you really want to splurge, where you're going to spend your money cast-wise is on the villain where you can go and say, okay, let's get a name actor to be the bad guy since uh, we killed Giancarlo Esposito. Plus, that way now he cannot leak Maybe. our, our leaks anymore. Clones. I mean, we when we clones. When we killed, didn't have a mustache. Um, anyway, um, so part of this story also that, that got Dave fired up in our private messages was that it is not a done deal that this is going to be a trilogy that it's going to be. So we know that Mandalorian and Grogu, and by the way, I hope to God above that that is not the title of this movie. So far it is. Well, I I hope they do something like Captain America Civil War or something like that. If it's Mandalorian and Grogu, then the title of the movie, that's fine. But Mandalorian, just please, Star Wars, stop it. You know, it's like, anyway. Um, but anyway, that's the first movie. That is not going to be Dave Filoni's Mandoverse culmination. And what the, the reporting was, we're going to see how this first one does. And then if it seems to bring us in some money and it's popular, then we'll we'll consider a trilogy. Um, now, Dave, you had some concerns about this. Yes, of course. Go for it. <laughs> Tells me they don't have the story figured out. And again, like you don't have to have it all mapped out. And I know that like this is going to be um, something that you address here, or it's just that George didn't have you it can, all mapped you can, out. You can steal my thunder. Go ahead. Right? Yeah. Don't go ahead. Um, but it, it's just, what are we doing? Like, what are you doing when you say, it might be two movies. It might be three movies. 
What, why are we stopping there? It might be 17 movies. Might be 37 movies. Here's, Let's here's, keep going. Here's my point is why the hell does it have to be a trilogy? Why does it have to be a trilogy? It's like we're, we're stuck in this. It's like a new Star Wars movie is coming out. Why isn't it a trilogy? It needs to be a trilogy. No, it, it does not have to be a trilogy. Just, I mean, and yes, that's what I, you know, I said my rebuttal was, you know, George Lucas wrote a story and realized it was too big of a story. It's like, well, let's just do this part. And if it, if it makes us enough money, then we can continue making, we can continue on with the story. He didn't, you know, he didn't say get to the end of it. We can continue on. So it was like, you, you, you buy a house, you earn equity in that house, you sell that house and you get a bigger house. And then you live in that house and you earn equity and, you know, you may move to a third house, you know? Um, so I get that part of it. My big thing is like, why do we have to say this is going to be a trilogy? Now, my wife said, well, that's because that's the way good stories are told. There's a beginning, middle, and final act. I get that as well. But I still think you can do that in two movies. Tell the story. You know, what? what is the story? Tell the story. If you're doing a trilogy just because we got to do a trilogy, then you're guess what? You're probably going to have a bad trilogy. Or one part of it is going to suck. On the other hand, just to kind of give the other end, we don't have to do a trilogy. This could become kind of like Dave always makes a comparison between uh, Mandalorian and Lone Wolf and Cub. Lone Wolf and Cub is a series of seven movies because it's a story. You know, it's a it's a western in a sense where you know guy rides into town with his kid in tow, gets into adventures. There's no reason why it has to be just three movies. You could have a Mandalorian and Grogu movie every year, every other year, every three years for the next decade if you wanted to, and just keep it going until you know everybody gets bored and tired of it. At the end of the day, I think this is testing the waters to see if we can start pushing away from Disney Plus, and can we just will people go to the theaters to see this content, and can because like we've talked about Disney plus ain't making them money. And it's, I think something that, like I said, Bob Iger just is not a fan of. And, and before you transition, I do wonder if that brings up the question of what happens to all this Star Wars material. Should Iger get his way, it all shifts to movies and he manages to drive a stake through the heart of Disney plus. They, I, I know exactly what they're going to do is because everybody's, you know, people still have their, I, it'll either be you can buy this stuff on DVD or you can buy a digital copy of it and I will probably be first in line to buy a digital copy of it. They'll get my money. You know, that's probably what's going to happen. Um, well, but, bundling thing is what it, where I sort of see that all like they're, they're, they've got everything together now. You got Hulu, you can get packaged with Disney, packaged with ESPN, packaged with, you know, you know, 10 other channels eventually. Um, and now there's your new television package. And then as long as they're feeding it and, you know, and, and starting to turn it into a, a money-making enterprise, which <clears throat> commercials, <clears throat> um, that's where it will be. And we'll be back where we started, basically. 
the other mm-hmm. the other concern that you mentioned, Fredo, you didn't mention it as a concern. You mentioned something that maybe we don't have to dive too far into it, but something that makes my ears perk up is we're going to release right now. We're saying we're releasing two movies within six months of each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Memorial the first, Day 2026 and then Christmas 2026. And the thing that come that was like, ding, 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 ding. Last Jedi solo, last Jedi solo. It's like, okay, Disney, did you learn? And Lucasfilm, did you learn from the last time? You know, or, or do they do they think that Solo was just a bad movie? I still contend I don't think that they marketed it well at all. So if they release something, what'd you say, Memorial Day? Mm-hmm. So first will be the last the last trailer, the last trailer as you're sitting in the theater and right before the opening credits come up for the Star Wars movie that you're there to watch, the last trailer better be that Star Wars movie that's coming out in Christmas. And it should say right off the bat, Christmas 2020, blah, blah, blah. You know, that, I mean, that's what they should have done with Solo, just so everybody goes, there's another one coming, there's another one coming. You know, make it clear, hit them over the head with it. So what I don't, what I really don't like about the trilogy, non-trilogy discussion point um, is the fact that and I get it, right? Like we all get it. If the first movie does a bazillion dollars, of course they're going to be like, "Yes, we need more of these movies." Yes, let's do them all. Um, fine, I get it, but I don't like it because we don't have the opportunity to build off of one success into the following success in the same way that you would if it were one continuous story. So, you know, Lord of the Rings is a perfect example, right? He shot all of those movies at once. And then they built and they built and they built. And it was like, what, every year? Like on the dot? It was next year at this time, you're going to watch another Lord of the Rings movie. And then you got the next one. And then you got the next one. And it was like, this is awesome. And I'm hyped for it. And it's because... I want to see where the story goes. Even if you know, if you've read, you you still want to see it play out in front of you. Um, I don't like that they have these movies set in different time periods around different characters. I don't like that. I don't think there's, that's a way for them to build in quite the same way. You know, like why is uh, Avengers Endgame the biggest uh, movie of all time it's because it came out a year after infinity war and they shot them together and they planned for that and boom um so this is why like this the six month window for me is like yeah if it's two movies that are connected with one another i think you that that has the potential to work for you when when they're not connected at all I think you might be hurting yourself potentially. And I, I, I hear you and I agree with a lot of what you just said there. My main point was from a marketing standpoint, if you have, if it's, especially oh. if it's going to be, you know, two different stories, two different characters, then you better dang well be telling them that while they're sitting there watching the first one, 
you know, that, hey, kids, you're get excited for this Star Wars movie. Well, we got a different Star Wars movie coming for you in six months. So save your money, you know, that. So anyway, I just hope they, they yeah, bare minimum, bare minimum. They should do right. or or do what you say, which is I mean, because let's remember 2015, we get The Force Awakens. 2016, we get Rogue One. Two different movies, two different timelines, different cast. But the smart thing they did is they gave enough, they gave each movie time enough to breathe. There was separation. I was thinking that because you went Christmas one year, Christmas one year, you know, they were coming out in the middle of December. Uh, Force Awakens, Rogue One, Last Jedi. Solo is the first one that they went, oh no, let's, let's put it out Memorial Day, so only six months. When they could have very well have said, no, we're just going to keep it at a Christmas release, and that would have worked fine. But there is something to that side of, you know, like you were saying, Aaron, people saying, but I, we just literally saw a Star Wars movie. Is this not it? But it was the same yeah. one. So it creates a confusion. So you, you have to hit the audience over the head saying, this is not the same one. So it was also part of this. And we're, I mean, we're at our, our point here. So we, I mean, there's not, I don't, I don't know how much we can talk about this one, but Ahsoka season two is confirmed and that is coming. Um, hype around this or I suppose the the news around this Dave Filoni released a sketch of Ahsoka and I think Sabine standing on um the arm of you know of uh crazy horse um sorry that that reminded me of the crazy horse monument from in South Dakota um but uh anyway so yeah I mean we have a season two and I will say that I I feel better that uh knowing that I'll, okay, I'll deal with that ending of season one, knowing that we're having a season two. So uh, maybe we have to go back and replay what I rated that last uh, that finale, and maybe I'll give it a few more points now. So we all love that show. Um, I think like the only concern is that uh, maybe the budget won't be quite what it was. <laughs> um, if you're making movies, you're. Eyes get smaller. Yeah, it might be smaller in scope. Um, now, now, part of what our conversation was, and I mean, I because I sent the I sent another link of another rumor, um, and Fredo had a very interesting comment um, that because they said uh, the, the 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 premise of this article is that given where Ahsoka takes place. And it's, you know, leading into that transition from the New Republic to the Resistance. And we've already name dropped General Leia um, or Senator Organa, I suppose, at that. She was a senator. Anyway, we, we name dropped her in season one. And people were saying in this article that we you're going to have to see Leia and Fredo, you even said that we're gonna, we're, we gotta do. And so they were saying, you know, what about having Billy Lord, you know, Carrie Fisher's daughter play that, um, I suppose that genre or that, or I suppose that, that era's Princess Leia or Senator Leia or whatever you want to call her. 
and I know I've many times spoken my piece on recasting. This is one that I think I could get behind. I think I could get behind this because I think with the with the wonders of you know first of all that it's her daughter and you know with makeup and stuff like that. I think you could pass this off pretty well. I think I would be okay with it. It would still be a little funky, um, but I don't know what you what would you guys? Well, first of all, let me ask you this: A why do we have to? Why do we have to? This was the thing that I was thinking about tonight. Why do we have to see Leia? And B, if we have to, um, what would you think about you know the recasting of using Billy Lord? Dave, you were about ready to talk and I stepped over you. No, you're fine. I, I didn't think that we needed to see her, uh, or Luke for that matter, in Mandalorian. Because that story was ground level. It was smaller stakes. It wasn't galaxy defining in quite the same way. Um, it just didn't, it wasn't in, like as necessary a step. Where it becomes necessary is when you are telling those global galaxy wide stories of, you know, political intrigue and. Um, there's a there's a huge threat like a Thrawn out there and leadership has to get involved and okay so leadership's involved who are the leaders <laughs> um, well and Leia I guess and, and Luke to a different in a different venue but the two of them would be weirdly absent would, would, if they would were Luke? absent. I, it was always kind of my impression that Luke was off doing his his Jedi stuff. If we're talking about the politics of the galaxy, I could see an argument for Leia, and so, and and I don't I don't even think you need Han, um, but I think Leia is integral. But could you have her involved in the story without seeing her on screen? You know, one of the things I thought about is could you have dialogue via a, you know. I don't know, like Ahsoka gets a secret message from Leia, but it's audio. And, you know, what we've seen with what they did with James Earl Jones's voice, you know, in Obi-Wan Kenobi, could they do something like that with Carrie Fisher? You know, if they had the blessing of the family, um, you know, so you actually have Carrie Fisher's voice communicating. Like I said, do you, do we need something? But okay. So I stepped on you. Um, so if they recast it, how would you feel about Billy Lord? Do you think it would work or would you, would there be the uncanny valley as you said, you know, it's, I know it's not CGI, but would it be weird? It's not, it's, it's not Rogue One. It's not the end of no. Rogue One. I, you know, it, it's fraught. Uh, you do it one way, people will complain. You do it another way, people will complain. You do a combination, people will complain. So it's, um, I'm not saying it's easy. Um, but you know, I did like how they handled it in Ahsoka season one with, you know, she's off screen, but here's C-3PO by proxy. Um, I thought that that was an elegant solution for that moment. Uh, you do you it too do many times. You do it too many times and it becomes it, weird. Yeah. 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 Eventually it becomes, um, Worf. Uh, showing up in Star Trek, like they kept coming up with in the in the Next Generation movies, 
they kept coming up with bizarre reasons for Worf to just show up, you know, because he was off on a different assignment by that point. And they were just like, by the third movie, by the third movie, they just gave up. They're like, why, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, I'm just here, you know, <laughs> which this is like that in reverse. Um, it, it just, it would get, it would become very noticeable and hilarious after a while. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, long-winded way of saying yes it's not easy but you kind of have to do it i think um because it's this is the venue that they've chosen the story to go to they've chose to bring in thrawn they chose to create this galactic threat they already chose to show us members of the senate um and the leadership and the bickering and the back and forth We've already been there. So it's like, you know, I, if they just drop all of that all of a sudden, though, I think that would be a weirder choice to me. Right now, nobody knows that. I mean, everybody thinks that Thrawn is a myth. That him coming back is like, no, that you're you're talking stupid, you know. Um, and he's going to Dathomir. And so I think I think this could set up for the galaxy, you know, Somebody saying we have this big threat here and you have the new Republic saying, knowing full well that there is that threat, but the new Republic saying, Oh no, there's nothing to see here. Nothing happened. You know, kind of a, so again, a way that they fail. So, and you know, maybe, so I think there's ways that you, you don't need to have all of leadership involved. I think there's ways that they can, they can, uh, muddy the waters here. Um, no, no, Fredo recasting uh, Princess Leia. With Billy Lord. I think if you're going to, I mean, I'll say this much. Well, let's start here. It has to be, it would have to be something that Billy would want to do, which could be fraught with its own sure. issues and concerns. I mean, you know, she'd have to feel comfortable stepping into her mom's fable shoes there. Not necessarily sure. But if she were up to it, I think it'd be an interesting way of, of, bringing Princess Leia into the Mando period of the story without necessarily having to read, retcon or have just audio files or just have, you know, holocrons and, or holovideos or whatever. So it, I'm not against it. I'm not necessarily against it. I'm not even technically speaking against having somebody else play the role. I understand why it's, you know, it's not the easiest thing to do. But if you, you know, I do agree with David, given the dynamic of where the story is taking place, the idea that particular of the three, here's the thing. You could tell me why Luke is not in the screen. He's off doing his own Jedi temple thing with Grogu. We've seen him do some of that stuff in Book of Boba Fett. He's off on his own. You can tell me why Han's not in, in the picture. He's doing his own thing. Again, Leia, her character from the first we met her, has been right at the smack of the entire fight for peace and justice in the galaxy. So the idea that here comes this next big threat and yeah. she's just, oh, no, no, she, she's busy opening up new, no, well, uh, no, 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 uh, no. new trade routes somewhere. No, not that. Not that. Not, not that. But there is an easy out with, you know, where she says nuts to this crap. And where's Leia? She's gone underground. She's starting the resistance, you know, she, so there's a way that you can, 
you can get her out of the picture because of you. What my, my worry is this is that because like Dave said, you know, we've got, we've had Luke showing up now two, three times. Mm -hmm. And so if you put Leia in, you know, once and you've got these Mando movies coming out and you have Ahsoka season two, it's like, how many times are you going to incorporate Leia? I think there, I'm just saying, I think there's an easy out to say you have her maybe once and maybe twice. And then it's like, you know, new republics is, is screwed up. And, you know, Leia has gone, you just, it's a, it's a line that's spoken between Mon Mothma and somebody else saying Leia has gone underground, you know, no, it's, the advantage you do have is you do have Genevieve O'Reilly who can play a similar role as Leia in terms of being the leadership of the New Republic and during this period. You know, she's already done it and she can continue to do it. I, I just think it's 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 surprising that the heroes of our story have shuffled up the stage, but then they're gonna be integral thirties from now. The other catches, and I don't remember, I don't never read Lost Stars or uh, aftermath, I'm sorry. So David, you know, I don't know if you guys, I'm sure you guys have. So you can tell me how it connects with the birth of the resistance. You know, whether or not that's something that uh, Leia would have been doing at that point. It's been a while since I've, I've read the first two aftermaths. Um, you know, they're involved, but mm-hmm. it focuses more honestly on Snap's Wexley, who dies in Rise of Skywalker. And who shows up in Force Awakens, and everybody's like, "Who's this?" And it's that dude in Aftermath. So, I, like I said, I think I think they've got some ways that they can that they don't mm-hmm. have to paint themselves into a corner. So they don't. They don't. It just it's, it'd be an interesting discussion. And I put it this way: if you were to make me put money down, I think they'll lean more on Genevieve O'Reilly as Mon Mothma for the Mando movie. To be the face of the of the new republic, leading the fight, her and Hera. So you introduce General. Well, Snow. that's and sorry, you not know, to. So you don't need to. So you don't need to have a senator and a general. Where, and I'm sorry, you know, that's Leia the more. And that's the more interesting story is what happens to Mon Mothma because Mon Mothma ain't around in the sequel trilogy so much. We know it's like so. Where's her fall from grace? You know what happens here? That's far more interesting than involving. Leia, Leia who's already had you know uh, you know I don't know uh, and I'm not I'm not anti-Leia I'm just saying but I think that's so it's uh it'll be interesting to see what they do we're just guessing here we're just speculating and having fun it may you know who knows what the heck they do but uh, one last nugget on this particular discussion which is that uh, circling back to the budget it'd be way cheaper to just not have Leia in there at all if you're having to do visual effects to make her look the way you want her to look um yeah just don't go down that road you know um so but uh i'm excited about the show like it's it's really good news um you know this doesn't lock it in it's not like greenlit greenlit it's not for sure happening but and i gotta say i'm one of those people that i can't stand because it's like you know they announced, Hey, we've got this movie coming out. And all of a sudden, well, what about, 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 you know, I, I know I'm doing some of that, but these are the things I, I, these are things that come into your brain and it's like, listen, you know, 
you got good people putting this stuff together. And at the end of the day, if I don't like the story, you know, I, I have, let's put it this way. I have yet to be, um, to not enjoy a star Wars movie or a star Wars show. So, I mean, it, like we've said before, all pizza is good pizza. So there've been a lot of times where I've like had a concern about a particular story element or character or execution, how they're going to do this thing. And then I watched the thing and it's basically perfect. Um, and it's like, why was I worried about that? That, that, that makes no sense, you know, in retrospect. Of course well, they did it that and way. And it's funny because we all go to movies, so that means we're experts in making movies and story writing. It's like, no. It's like, at, at some point, we just have to get in our lane. You know what I mean? It's like, my favorite, my favorite band is going to be releasing an album this year. I might not like it. That's a possibility but it's their creation. It's their, it's their album. It's their, you know, their songs. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. It's, it, it creates a good dynamic for us to always remember that there's an opportunity here for us to be surprised. We're not driving this. We're not making this. We're going to buy our ticket and get our popcorn and go to the theater. And we might come out excited. We might come out disappointed, but, that's the chance, you know, the role that's going to take. And we honestly don't know if it was the fault of the offensive coordinator or the head coach. We don't know. Um, so with that little Saints nugget, <laughs> any anything else for the good of the order before we sign off for the evening? I think that we've covered a lot of ground, a lot of stuff. There's going to be a lot of exciting stuff coming up. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I suppose uh, if you're in the New Orleans area, bundle up, go to Chewbacca's, see all the nerd nerddom in uh, uh in all its glory um and uh until then we will say who dat who dat everybody have an awesome awesome week my monkey.